This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Om Saram to our listeners. Last week we heard from Professor Venkatraman from Prasanthi talking about Mahasuratri, and that was part one. And today we'll hear the final part on the same topic. I'm Glaub Limoria of Sri Satasaya Civilization of New Zealand. And I offer my most loving and humble pranams at the lotus feet of our beloved Bhagawan, Sri Satasaya Baba. Welcome to this Saturday News 905 by the Hamlin City Science Centre. And before we go into part two, let's have a Ganesh Bhajan and here's one for you.
I hope you enjoyed the Ganesh Bhajan that was sung by Dana Gillespie of UK. Now let's listen to part two and Venkat Raman will tell us where does the lingam come from. It comes from the five elements that form Swami's body as well as ours. In our bodies, those five elements cannot specially combine to form gold. However, they do inside Swami's body as the result of divine Leela. Next, the gold that forms inside Swami's body must aggregate, become liquid and acquire the shape of a lingam after that solidified and only then can it emerge. It's all very much like a baby growing in the womb starting from a single cell. I am sure you are aware that gold is a solid at room temperature. If it has to exist as a liquid and this is what happens at start during the lingot bomb, then it must be at a very high temperature, something like 600 degrees. Now at that temperature, the stomach of ordinary mortals would simply burn away and turn into ashes. But such is the control exercised by the divine that the inner organs of the avatar do not get destroyed, though they experience excruciating pain and burning sensation perhaps. By the way, it is to counter this enormous burning sensation within that Swami drank so much water. That's what I think. Frankly, I have never seen anyone consume so much water. But then, there was a reason for it in this case. In short, I personally believe that through the Lingot Bhava, Swami is sending us many subtle signals. The first of these is that we must see God everywhere so that we do not disturb society and harm nature, both of which, each in its own way, are an aspect of God. When an individual fails to see God in society, it then becomes very easy for that individual to slide into actions that harm, injure, and even have the capacity to destroy society. People do not realize that corruption harms society. Promoting permissive behavior harms society. Unfair competition harms society. Creating unwanted desires in the name of expanding the market harms society. Promoting junk food harms society. Treating education as a business harms society. Marketing weapons harms society. Peddling pornography harms society. The list is almost endless. Why do people do all this? Because they are dominated by greed, by the quest for power, by the urge to dominate, etc. If, as Swami says, people see God in society, would they dare to do such things? In earlier years, I have seen many times, big groups of Sai devotees from various states in India come to Prasantinilayam to invite Swami to their own city or town. Swami would call the group for an interview and the devotees would walk in with big smiles, hoping to persuade Swami to accept their invitation. After about half an hour or so, the door of the interview room would open, and out would come these people, every one of them with a long face. Why? Because Swami had ticked them off. What for? For not having unity. This has happened many times. The point is, why should there be such a marked absence of unity among Sai devotees when Swami keeps hammering the message of unity all the time? If we saw Swami in each other, could there be such disunity as to make Swami refuse the prayer to visit? Mind you, I am not trying to preach or pontificate. I am just trying to say that we must take seriously Swami's advice that we must see God in every entity in creation 
as we go through life. One might ask, what exactly does this mean? What's the meaning of seeing God in every entity in the universe? Many years ago, when I was giving a talk to a group of devotees, I said something similar. I said, we must see Swami in all. A devotee was a businessman and was in the audience, objected to my remark, and he said, listen, you obviously have no idea what business is. I do Paranamaskar to Swami, I offer whatever I can to Swami free. Surely you do not expect me to fall at the feet of everyone I am trying to make a business deal with, do you? And do you expect me to give away free various things to my customer, things that I am trying to tell, sell him? There was a lot of laughter and everybody was wondering how I was going to respond. I simply said, you know what Swami's name is? Satya. All I ask is that a businessman must deal with his customer in a truthful manner with integrity and not try to take the customer for a ride. That's all. I am not asking you to do Padanamskar to your customer or give away things free. I am just asking for honesty. Is that asking for too much? The point about all this is that seeing God in others does not mean we abandon normal worldly code of conduct. What it means is that no one should hate others. If one hates others, it is tantamounting to hating God. No one should hurt others wantonly, especially with malicious intent. We would not hurt God, would we? In the same way, we should not hurt others because God resides in all. The long and short of it is that seeing God in every entity means recognizing that God is the core of all entities, both animate and inanimate. From society, let me for a moment turn my attention to nature. If man saw God in nature, he would not recklessly cut down trees. If man saw God in nature, he would not mercilessly hunt whales. If man saw God in nature, he would not shamelessly pollute air and water. If man saw God in nature, he would not so thoughtlessly harm the ecosystem created by God for the good of all living beings. The list goes on. What I am trying to get at is, that the Lingodbhavam is really a profound lesson teaching us the following. 1. The universe exists because the Creator has specifically willed it be so. 2. Everything the universe is divine at the core, though we might see bewildering diversity on the outside. 3. Man must live in harmony with society and nature, and this he must do by seeing God everywhere. 4. This does not mean we go around saying, O oh, snake, you are God, or O oh, tiger, you are God, and things like that. That would be entirely artificial. Rather, we must love all living beings on earth, both humans and of other species, and we must not deliberately cause harm to anyone or anything. On the contrary, if we can help, we should. 5. We must also remember that since we have come from God, we must get back to God. The sooner, the better. 6. And getting back to God would be possible only if we try to purify ourselves. You remember that this year, or I should perhaps say last year, 2005, the theme of the World Conference held at the time of the 80th birthday was Unity, Purity and Divinity. In simple terms, this means, first we must feel one with all beings, not only on earth, but in the entire cosmos. Next, we must try to be internally pure 
meaning we must keep a long distance from our eternal enemies. You know the usual fellows, karma, krodha, etc. And when we achieve this sense of oneness with everything and are also pure, then we can become united with God and enjoy bliss forever. I do not know whether you would agree with me, but according to me, these are the lessons, subtle lessons I should perhaps say, that Swami is teaching us through the divine and extraordinary phenomenon of Lingotbaum. Mankind has not seen this before, and I am not sure mankind would see it subsequent to the Sri Satisai Avatar. We, who are privileged to witness it, must seek a higher meaning in it, rather than simply see it as a rare and spectacular event. Just think of the one hour of long agony that Swami went through. Swami being divine, he could easily have made the lingam come out in a jiffy, but he did not. Why? Because he wants us to know that anything good and beautiful cannot be created without pain and sacrifice. All babies are beautiful. But just recall how much pain the mother has to go through for giving birth to the baby. It is those lessons that Swami is recalling and reiterating. I wonder how many of us realize that sacrifice and purity go together. Some of you may recall the famous story of Siva swallowing poison. The essence of that story is that when people get together for doing anything collectively, there are bound to be a lot of bad vibrations in the start, generated by the evil lurking within humans. If any good is to be achieved, then those bad vibrations must be quelled. And that can be done only with sacrifice. Since in the story concerning Shiva he makes a big sacrifice, Shiva is also known as Chagraja or the king of sacrifice. Let me now get on with the rest of the story of that unforgettable Monday morning. The moment the lingam emerged, Swami's face brightened instantly. He then put the lingam on a plate and called for the moving chair that is actually a seat in a small Toyota car. Swami sat in the chair and went round cycle one hall, holding up the golden lingam in his right hand, to let devotees see the lingam from close quarters. In fact, he went round many times, giving ananda to all. We thought after this, Swami would signal for arti and prasadam distribution. But that was not the case. He went to the place near where the boys of the primary school sit and whispered something. Soon, a red Hyundai car, kept in readiness, was brought there, and Swami graciously blessed Mr. Paramahamsa by presenting him the car. It must be added that Mr. and Mrs. Paramahamsa live in the ashram and have been serving Swami for many, many years, particularly by taking care of destitute children and mothers, we have been given protection by Swami for nearly a decade. In fact, Swami has built an entire village to accommodate the destitute mothers and their children. Swami spoke very highly of this devoted couple. After Mr. and Mrs. Paramahamsa were honored, they signaled to the children they are taking care of to come near Swami. What followed then was truly memorable. Swami became overwhelmed with love as he distributed sweets to these erstwhile village kids. Swami spoke to them gently and softly. We could not hear what he said, since there was no mic, but we could make out from the reactions of those standing near Swami that he was very happy the way these children had shaped after coming under his protection. Mr. Anil Kumar then very kindly gave the huge gathering some background to the whole episode. 
Just listen to what Anil Kumar said. Out of his mercy and compassion, Bhagavan will educate them. You will be surprised to know that they will have the breakfast, the lunch, the tea and the dinner. And it's most surprising, it is Bhagavan's Leela, the Divine Sankalpa, that the children who are here, unlettered in the beginning, today they got through the examination intermediate. They secured 80 to 90 percent in the final examination. They are all very small boys. And Bhagavan is their mother. Bhagavan is their father. They are no longer orphans. By the command and under the divine grace of Most Beloved Bhagavan, Mr. and Mrs. Paramahansa are taking care of these children. They take them to hospital whenever they fall sick, bring them back, and they have been doing great service to these children as their sadhana. Sometimes the children require treatment there in Bangalore, and Mr. Paramahamsa takes these children for treatment to that place, Bangalore, also if needed. Bhagavan wants you all to feel that Bhagavan is your father, Bhagavan is your mother. Never feel that you are alone, never feel isolated. Bhagavan is your anchor and support. You have lost your parents and you never saw them. To live with Bhagavan is sadhana. You will find these boys ecstatic, extremely blissful, very happy, with smiles on their faces. Bhagavan is supplying them not only food, whatever clothes they need from time to time. These children should study well and come up in life as per expectations of our most beloved Bhagavan. You should not have any kind of bad qualities. You should have all good qualities only having been here. You should respect elders. You should be friends with your equals. You should take care of your studies. You should mind your business only. Nothing to do with anybody else. On this auspicious day of Sivaratri, Bhagavan blesses you all with a long life, spiritual life, healthy life, happy life. After that, the former destitute children expressed their gratitude to Swami in many ways including by singing a song or two. Here is a song sung by one of them. Dandalaya dandalaya koti dandalu Seta koti dandalu Andanunde swami niniva ni matakate chalu Ni matakate chalu Dandalaya dandalaya koti dandalu Seta koti dandalu Sirilavadu, Girilavadu, Paradahastamukate Chalum, 
తిరులవద్దు గిరిలువద్దు వరద హస్తం ఒకటే చాలు గెలుపువద్దు పోతమొద్దు చల్లనైన చూపే చాలు దండాలయ్య దండాలయ్య కోటి దండాలు శత కోటి దండాలు అండలుండే స్వామిని నీవని మాటకటే చాలు నీ మాటకటే చాలు నీవు అవతరించినావంత విన్న పాలనందుకొని పాలించదలుమంట దినజనులకై నీవు అవతరించినావంట విన్న పాలనందుకొని పాలించదనుమంట ఎనభై ఏళ్ళు గమాపై త్యాగమూర్తి వై నిలచి ఎనభై ఏళ్ళు గమాపై త్యాగమూర్తి వై నిలచి కన్నీరును వన్నీరుగా మాతే మా దేవుడు అంట దండాలయ్య దండాలయ్య కోటి దండాలు శత కోటి దండాలు అండనుండే స్వామిని నీవని మాటొకటే చాలు నీ మాటొకటే చాలు This song is set in folk song style making it abundantly clear that these boys are really from backward villages after that a couple of these boys made speeches in which they not only expressed their deepest gratitude to swami but also promised to spend their lives with swami serving him in every possible way looking at it all i felt that through this impromptu function honoring mr and mrs parmahamsa Swami gave an opportunity to the vast gathering in Sai Kulwant Hall to learn and appreciate how one must reach out to the forlorn, shower love and compassion on them and bring cheer into their lives. This is one very effective way of being in resonance with society and therefore also with our Creator. Swami's entire life is a saga of love and compassion, but this Shivaratri, He gave new meaning to those words. by first undergoing tremendous physical suffering to highlight the crucial role of sacrifice the result of that personal suffering of his was the emergence of the lingam we taught us that without a creator there cannot be any creation next having come into this world with the human form itself a great blessing of the lord we must use the opportunity to serve society with love and compassion here again swami gave an example by reminding us of the children he had taken under his wing bringing hope to their lives altogether it was a memorable monday morning with a wide shade of experiences from the utterly sublime to the very practical i was deeply touched by it and i felt absolutely electrified by the extraordinary message that swami sent through his suffering of which we saw just one hour i then resolved that i must share my feeling so that you can get at least some idea of the great divine drama that we witnessed that morning that is why i am interrupting the normal schedule of talks on shridi baba to tell you something about what i saw in conclusion i would like to quote a comment i overheard while returning to my room at the end of the proceedings two young ladies were walking by talking to each other they spoke in tamil which happens to be my mother tongue one girl said to the other did we really have to witness all this horrendous suffering indeed that is the question we all should ask ourselves and so let us all pray that bhagwan will not tax his physical body from now on instead let him give us the buddhi to absorb and practice the profound lesson he has taught us this year after much physical suffering thank you and jai sai ram well i hope you enjoyed those two parts 
that we were listening from Professor Venkatraman on Mahashivratri. Oh, we have come to the end of the program. Saram to you all. We'll see you next week. Shiva Shankara, Shiva Shankara, Shiva Shankara Rupa Maheshwara Shiva Shankara, Shiva Shankara, Shiva Shankara Rupa Maheshwara Shiva Shankara, Shiva Shankara, Shiva Shankara Rupa Maheshwara Shiva Shankara, Shiva Shankara. Shankara 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 Priya Shiva Shankar Sai Kailasha Priya Shiva Shankar Sai Kailasha Priya Shiva Shankar Sai Priya Shiva Shankar Shankara 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 Shiva Shankara 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 Shiva Shankara Shiva Shankara Shiva Shankara Rupa Maheshwara Shankara 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 Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.